You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank call. Prank call. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show with the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We do have new callers today. One, anyway. So, uh, let's go ahead and get started. New caller, what up? Hey, Ryan, this is Green Bay 10. All right. Calling for the first time. I've been listening to the podcast, and I heard you old, speaking about whether or not the Packers can block some of these run-blocking plays where the linemen are running yeah. all over the place to get in front of their blockers. Is there any way you or Clayton can look at another team and see if their blocking is as complex as the Packers? See, and that's that's honestly, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, whether or not I'm going to actually do that, I don't know. But I'm sure other people have already looked into it, but... You know, because my whole thought process is, okay, there's what's happening, and then there's how does that compare to the rest of the league. Now, obviously, this is not a statistic. Uh, There is no statistic of of this. There could be, but nobody would think of something so stupid. So, um, yeah, you you would have to look and just see. And so that that would be kind of interesting. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get to it. Maybe Clayton would be interested. Maybe he's already done it. Um, But I'd probably have to explain what the heck I'm talking about to begin with. But, um, yeah, that, that is sort of my next thing. And, 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 for example, it was similar with the linebackers when I had said that our guys just stand there. And the only reason that I knew that we were, like, the only team doing that is because I also watched our offensive line. And I could see how hard it was for our offensive line to reach the linebackers because the linebackers were just shot out of a cannon the second the ball was snapped, which makes it hard on the offensive line, which makes it hard for plays to succeed. So understandably our defense struggled because our linebackers didn't do that um but yeah that would be the next step is to sort of look at other teams and see if they put their offensive linemen in those kind of situations and if those offensive linemen are able to execute i just need to see it with my own eyes you know what i mean i mean it's kind of i mean it's it's similar to everything else i mean even when you do scouting in college you look at it and go for me anyways my biggest thing is it isn't so much what did you do, but it's what did you do in comparison to what I feel like everybody else could do. 
And so if you watch, watch a guy and say that they failed, but then you say, okay, but I don't know if anybody could have done it. If I can see, for example, a wide receiver or running back or whatever, like Aaron Jones is a great example. I'll watch A.J. Dillon and go, I don't think he had a lot of great options. Then you watch Aaron Jones make magic happen, and you're like, you know what? There are some guys that could make that work. And I honestly don't even know how he made that work, but he made it work. It's just a little bit extra speed, a little bit of faster decisiveness, a little bit tighter running to the to the um, to the backs of your linemen as opposed to just kind of running straight up where they can get arms around you, whatever. And you can make it happen. Now, it's never actually one-to-one, you know. There are different situations, but um, yeah, that is sort of the next step in this of of if you actually want to solve the problem or or identify if there's a problem or what the problem is, you're going to have to see what other teams are doing and other players are doing and see if this is just everybody's being asked to do this and they're executing or if nobody's being asked to do this because it's stupid. I think that you're right. That is the next step. Because at this point, it's identifying the problem. The next step is what exactly is the problem and how do we fix it? It seems we just can't get the blocking done. Right. And maybe it is just way too complex and nobody else is running what we're running. Right. I don't know. But if you ask me, what we need to do is start just straight downfield blocking. Make it simple and get somewhere. So, again, uh, Green Bay 10, first-time caller, listen to the show. Um, hopefully we can do something along those lines. Uh, get your opinion on that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And And, again, you know, you can look at it post-alignment and see like where the weakness in the alignment is. But the problem is the play's already in. And so sometimes, you know, you look at it and say, man, that really, running that play at that time is tough because it, it stresses the tight ends. Now, maybe in a different alignment, it would have been fine. But for example, even, even in the podcast from today that I did on the second review, you know, there was one instance where I looked at it and said, we ran this way. If we had run through this gap right here, right? we had a real good opportunity because it's really easy on these two offensive linemen. It's straight up the gut. So uh, Josiah DeGuaro would just have to run in a straight line right into that linebacker and block him. And A.J. Dillon just runs in a straight line and gets right past him. And I'm not saying this is a 15-yard gain because the defense could probably crash on it or whatever. It's not super complex, but that's probably a good thing. It's possible the offensive lineman could still lose. Um but that's where you'd want to attack in that situation. So, you know, it would be cool if there was some kind of flexibility where the offense had the ability to, like, post alignment, just like you can make checks or whatever. But, you know, it's not like you even necessarily have to call a play. You can you can recognize it as an offense, right? And so you would call some kind of a check that just says, we're going to run to the weak spot. And then there's an understanding of what that means. I don't know. I'm I'm just... Again, I, I don't know exactly how these these things work, aside from you know my current understanding, which is we call a play, which is very specific. And I understand sometimes there's cutback lanes where you have options. But I'm almost talking about like, you know, you, you have routes in which the receiver can kind of freewheel it a little bit. You know, he has options. He has choices. And based on where the defender is, the leverage and all that kind of stuff, he can choose what direction or what route he's going to run kind of making sure that he's going to win. I guess it would be something similar to that concept, except it would have to be, every, you'd have to get everybody on the same page. So it's not exactly the same thing. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud, but it just seems like every time you line up and you see a defensive alignment, you know, you can check into a run because it's a light box. 
but it would be nice if you could check into it in a way that, you know, there, there's always an understanding of where the weakness is in the And I understand defenses try to make it so there isn't necessarily an alignment, but or are a weakness in their alignment. But I mean, if you have a natural gap, that feels like something that could be exploited. And even if you don't have a fullback or whatever, you could have a pulling guard come through that area. You know what I mean? So I don't know. But anyways, again, appreciate the call. Look forward to hearing more from you. Words to describe the present Green Bay Packers team. Unwatchable, <laughs> unmotivated, unimpressive, unwatchable, <laughs> unbelievable, unfathomable. Those are just a few things that come to mind when I think of how to describe this team after watching that atrocity yesterday. Underwear, right? I just... <laughs> it's like Andy Bernard, Golden Girls, Golden Grams. <laughs> cannot get over what we thought this team could be, what this team actually should be, considering the talent on it. I just don't get it. I am, I'm out. Yeah, I mean, I will say, and maybe it's just because I ended on a high note with the second half, I do feel better after watching the game. Um, I don't know exactly where everybody else lines up on that, but, you know, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know if this team ever has the capacity to get on the same page and be good enough, but it's right there, you know? Um we have an offensive line that can block. I mean, I, I saw good run blocking. Not the whole game, but it's like you, you start to see it, and they start doing it consistently. It's like, see, you can do it. You can do it. And, and the fact that Elton Jenkins, in my mind anyways, was like the weakest link consistently is like, well, then this is very fixable because I know he can be better than that. And I don't know why it takes him such a long time to ramp up and get back to his old self. And I know he's still working through an injury and all that, but I mean, that's certainly fixable. Um, I mean, we can be skeptical about some of the other guys that we already don't like or, or you know, Yash Nyman, Rashid Walker, those guys maybe not having a higher ceiling than, than what they're they're giving. But, um, you know, and, and A.J. Dillon had his best game of the year. Um, Aaron Jones, I know, is, is dealing with injuries and that whole thing sucks and he might not be healthy this whole year. Who knows? It's starting to feel like a David Bakhtiari situation. Not not because it's like a career ender, but um, I mean, it's a hamstring. That obviously will get better. But just insofar as like how long it's taken and then there was we, we rushed him back, or I shouldn't say rushed, but we played him thinking he'd be okay and now he's hurt again and who knows how long of a setback that's going to be. Um, but you know, and, and, and you know, again, I, I was hard on Jordan, but although I stand by the fact that he wasn't good enough, I mean, we saw really good throws from him. We saw, you know, the ability to step up in the pocket and throw the pass to Musgrave. Uh, again, I would like him to plant his feet a little bit more consistently, but, you know, he wants to make the Mahomes throws and all that, and once every three times he's able to do it, and there you go. Um, you know, his ability with his feet is incredible. Um Again, like I said, I haven't given up on Jordan. I, I am losing faith, but if he can tighten it up, man, um, I'm still seeing guys open. Not every time, but there are cons certainly consistently enough 
to win. Now, maybe against better defenses, that isn't the case, and, and whatever people's presumed issues with the scheme is will start to come through against tougher defenses. I don't know. But um, it's all sitting there, you know? And, and you know, the defense is what the defense is. I, I don't know, especially with the injuries, that it's ever going to be a premier defense. But, um, you know, we have mostly bad teams coming up. And so I, I genuinely think there are going to be good days ahead. Uh, as much as many people are in tank mode, I, th- I think even the most ardent we should just tank for whatever fans are still miserable as a result of these losses and still would to some degree be happy seeing wins, even though I'm sure I would get calls pissing and moaning about, you know, you blew it kind of thing, which I understand. But still, we we need it, man. We really do. I mean, it, it's getting hard for me to get excited about doing the podcast. It's getting hard for me to get excited going on social media because it's just become so toxic. Um, you know, I had, there was a video by Aaron Nagler, which I don't remember exactly what the, the point of it was, but it ended with something to the effect of, can we, oh, it was accountability or whatever, but something to the effect of like, can we just, you know, be happy watching a football game and drinking a beer and, you know, just, just enjoy it. And I, and I, th- I really think that's it, man. You know, at, at the end of the day, I think some of us, and, and I, I love this community because if it wasn't for the diehards who live and breathe Green Bay Packers, I wouldn't have a podcast. I wouldn't have anybody, you know, donating to what I do and, and contributing to the, the call-in show. I, I, I mean, we are, we're the same, you know, but when, when your whole life's obsession becomes negative, your whole life kind of sucks, you know? And so even I'm like trying to unplug from social media a little bit and trying to get away from, because I, I realize like how obsessed I am. I have to be plugged in all the time, all the time. I got to da 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 and it's like, you know, no, you need to have a life and, you know, go go outside and grill and enjoy your family and do all that stuff and then get excited about just football on Sunday. You know, I, I even think like fantasy kind of takes away from that a little bit because that can be stressful. And it's like, who cares? You know, I mean, all I know is, it, and I, I know we won a lot in the 90s, but I, all I know is, man, football was so much more pure and exciting back before social media, before like almost anybody had the internet and the ones that did it was like stupid chat rooms or whatever it didn't it didn't mean anything um certainly didn't rush to a chat room to talk about the packers i didn't anyways i went on there to talk nonsense like uh hey what's your name i have a poopy diaper <laughs> did you see what i said um <laughs> i don't i don't remember what i said it wasn't that but it was just being stupid um but uh i don't know it, it's just i, I we got to get back to the point. I know you said unwatchable twice, but I don't want it to be unwatchable. It's still Green Bay Packers on Sunday. You got the cool Chris Bear. It's Sunday, NFL Sunday. You know, you know. I, I want to start. Uh, I want to start getting some calls about food again, and about movies again. You know, and, and uh, I just want to enjoy football. You know, um, when 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 I talk to uh, half Mexican attorney Blaine, we talk about two things: it's football and food. And we always enjoy our conversations. We talk less about football, more about food now. But still, I mean, I'm not saying we should take this and not make it a a football podcast. But what I'm saying is we can talk about things that are enjoyable on Sunday. What are you making on Sunday? It's a a fair question. So what I've started doing is um, I've been dieting pretty successfully for a while now. 
things have been going pretty well, and, and if I hit certain markers, I'm going to reward myself on Sunday. That might be with a cheat day, or it might be something like a hanger steak, which is like my new favorite thing. I got it once, and I am obsessed with it. It is the greatest thing in the world. And so I got another hanger steak, and um, I might re reward myself with that. And maybe maybe I need to do a better job. I know we got the Discord and everything. I've been cooking constantly, and I haven't been... Um, doing stuff, but I, I think I need to start, you know, talking about recipes and, um, how to enjoy Sundays and, you know, working on different sides and things. I mean, I've, I've been on a huge baked potato kick. Um, you know, I'm, I'm big on baked potatoes in the microwave. I, I just, it's so fast and I did make it in the air fryer once it was better, no doubt about it, but we're talking about an hour compared to like 10 minutes <laughs> and it's not that much better. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, there's just, there's different things. And like when we were talking about pizza, I learned a ton, you know, like Jersey Mike got me those, those amazing, which I think I still have some buried. I have like one or two left buried in my freezer, um, which the only reason I'm not digging those out is because again, I'm trying to, trying to eat a little better and I would crush a pizza in a second. But, um, you know, I mean, we, we learn a lot of stuff. People do different things, you know, inside, like I don't really do sides. I do rice and potatoes because it's easy, because it's, it's delicious, because it's uh, pretty low calories or whatever. Um, and I, I just, I love it, man. I could eat rice every day of my life. Pasta, I love it. Just like I'm, I'm a bore, uh, dude, just butter and salt on any of those three things, potatoes, rice, pasta, I'm in heaven. That's a perfect side for me. But let's do it up a little bit. I know you guys got some recipes. Let's, let's have some fun on Sunday. What are we doing? What are we making? What are we drinking? What are we eating? What are we doing? Are we, do we, are we having people over? Are we got, do we have the family over? Let's have fun on Sunday. The Packers aren't unwatchable. You know, I mean, I know what you're saying, Garrett, but we don't want the Packers to be unwatchable. They're not a good football team. They might not be the rest of the year. Maybe they won't win another game. I seriously doubt that that's the case, but it's possible. They have a very winnable game this week against the Vikings. I didn't pick them to win, but of course it's very winnable. It's it's certainly much more winnable than the Vikings against the 49ers, and the Vikings pulled that out. And certainly not because they're dynamos. It's because the NFL's freaking drunk this year, and nothing makes sense. 49ers go from one of the best teams I've ever seen to 0-2 the last two weeks, losing to two pretty bad teams. And it's like, well, the Cleveland Browns have a great defense. It's like, do they? Because the two games on either, either side of that game were like 28 points given up and like 35 points. So... I mean, are you sure? Anyways, you get what I'm saying, right? I mean, it's just, I want to start enjoying this again. So I get that the calls are going to be doom and gloom, and that's fine. This is your place to to vent. I'm just going to do my best to let you get that off your chest, and I'm going to try to take it in a different direction. Because I have, I've said everything I have to say. I'm still going to be honest. I'm going to give my honest opinion, but I don't want to just keep saying it. I don't want to keep ragging on people and i mean you you know my assessment of love i don't need to keep kicking the guy you know i've said it i i don't think he's been good enough period okay and i think he he has enough talent to be able to pull it off i know he has the talent to pull it off it's just a matter of being consistent and that's been the whole thing since day one and it's just has he been consistent not yet not yet not yet not yet still waiting for it still waiting for it and the day it clicks boom he's the guy that's it the day it clicks, he's the guy. It's just a matter of it's got to click. So we'll see. Anyways, Garrett number two. Ryan, all season you've been asking for one dominant thing, uh, consistency. There it is. Here's some things that I found that have been consistent for this team. Oh, no. <laughs> They've been consist uh, consistently playing like garbage. To be fair, they haven't been super consistent in that. 
In fact, they've been... They're, they're so inconsistent in their play that they're not even consistently garbage. Right? The defense, every other drive is really good. The offense in the fourth quarter and second half kind of largely has been fairly good. Jordan Love isn't even consistently bad. The offensive line isn't even consistently bad. But I guess, you know, when you take it as a whole, yeah, it's, it's been consistently bad. They consistently come out completely flat in the first half, not scoring points. They consistently turn over balls at the most improper time. I think we're on a two-week stretch with that. Maybe it's, is it three or two? I think it's two, or three because of the bye week, but I just mean game. So, I think that's a new thing, though. They can Not a good thing, but I think it's a new thing. Consistently are getting hurt. Yes, that's true. <laughs> you got me there. I lost track after counting three guys going out last, yesterday. Yeah. So, there you go. At least they're consistent with something. I was thinking about it, too. I, th- I think when I was talking, uh, going through all the different injuries, I think I forgot to mention Stokes. I don't know if I brought it back up. I, I We went to break, and I was like, you got to remember to mention Stokes, and then I don't remember if I did. But Stokes is also going to IR, which, again, it's just one of those things you just kind of throw your head back and go like, you can't help but, like, chuckle, even though it's not funny, but chuckle in a way that's like, this This whole season is just ridiculous. Like, this is just, it's just not in the cards, man. Like, fate the, the, the team's already not great, but fate wanted to make sure, right? Just in case you think you're going to figure it out, injury, 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 injury. I mean, just everything is going completely wrong. Hey, what's up, Ryan? So uh, Ryan Santos here, man. What's up? <clears throat> man, woke up sick as a dog this morning. I'm going to just, I think I'm going to blame Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur for that. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, um, listen to Packernet After Dark. And Jersey Mike comes on, and let me say this first. I love Jersey Mike. I think Jersey Mike is good for the show. I love his energy. He is so Jersey. I used to live in Jersey for a little bit, and he is just, he is Jersey, right? He's great for the show. But, man, I know you're mad, Jersey Mike, but, man, I mean, that take was it was a bit much. Um, I'm not the happiest with the floor either, but, I mean, it's staring us right in the face. The absolute number one problem with the team is Jordan Love. Um, Jordan Love is inaccurate. Even the passes that are completed are inaccurate. I mean, he crippled Watson. Um, even that, uh, was it the first half? Uh, the connection That's he had with Musgrave, one. they were on the sideline. Musgrave got it, you know, ran up the field for maybe about five yards. But, I mean, the pass was horrible. He left yards on on the table because he had to jump so high for the pass. I think there were two of them that were pretty high. One where he got his, his clock cleaned. I mean, again, it was it was accurate enough, but he still had to jump for that one. And then the one early on, yeah, he had to sky for that one. And that was just like a – he was just like in the flat or something. That was that was a really easy pass. Um, I haven't seen Jordan complete a deep ball in weeks. And even the ones he's, he's completed this year, maybe minus a couple in a Bears game, have just been awful balls. They're 50-50 balls. Receivers are bending their back. Turning around, doing it's Jordan Love is the problem, and I I agree with you, Ryan. I have you can't teach accuracy. I've always been a believer that accuracy is what separates those that get in the league or those that stay in the league from those that don't make it or get out. Because I mean, how many times have we seen accuracy improve? I, I know Josh Allen, but even Josh Allen has turnover problems. He's throwing interceptions. He's just gotten 
better, you know, at those passes that are, um, you know, he's gotten better in generally, in general, but, you know, he still has turnover issues. So I just, I hate saying this, it's kind of early in the season, his first year as a starter, but I don't think Jordan Love is the guy. I mean, right now he's looking Brett Hundley. Um, I forget the name of the quarterback that, that Goody brought in from the uh, Cleveland Browns that one year. Uh, I think he was a first-round pick, but he's no longer in the league. He was inaccurate. I don't think I don't think Jordan Love's the guy. And at this point, I hate saying I'm rooting against the Packers because every Sunday I watch, and even if I want them to lose because I just know the season is going nowhere, it's really hard to root against them. So maybe I'll just stop watching. But I don't, I don't want another win this season. I do not want the Packers in week nine or ten to figure it out and be in competition for the seventh seed, not get it, and now we're finishing eight nine. You know, looking at some just ridiculous. Three minutes got him, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot of issues. Um, There's there's a lot of issues, but, again, we can throw as many people under the bus as we want. Um, There's no saving the bad plays, and that's true of everybody, right? Uh, Jordan Love playing poorly doesn't save the offensive line and, and make excuses for them. The offensive line doesn't make excuses for Jordan and his throws. So it's just like I said, I mean, we can try to throw as many people under the bus as we want, but the plays stand on their own. And um, it just hasn't really been, even if you're, even if you want to say it hasn't been terrible, it hasn't been starting NFL caliber worthy, right? At best, which I don't even agree with, but at best, if you want to give them the maximum amount of credit and say that it hasn't been as bad as I've been describing or anything else and Kurt Warner thinks he's super amazing, and of course, there's there's content creators everywhere that'll tell you exactly what you want to hear. If you'd rather listen to them, go listen to them. That's fine. Um, but th- there is no universe in the world where I think you could say he has shown that he is a top ten quarterback. That's just has not been on display. And I would assume as Packer fans, that's what we want. Now you could say we've seen enough talent to where you could see him getting there and that's fine but that's again that's also true of Justin Fields and a lot of other guys that have fan bases that cling on to certain people and then it's just like yeah well he's he's shown the talent and so he's obviously going to get there okay I look forward to seeing that and we'll leave it at that uh we'll get to the second part of your call Ryan I just we got to take a break here so uh we will take a quick break and we'll be right back passion drive and patience The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, 
Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Sorry, got cut off there. Just real quick, I want a quarterback, all right? And statistics show that the good quarterbacks typically come at the top of the draft. That's what I want. I don't want to play this game anymore. So if Jordan Love isn't the guy, that will take care of itself. He will demonstrate that for the rest of the season. I just fear that in the final weeks, you know, when the team's not playing for anything and we're playing teams that are going to the playoffs and they don't really care, you know, they're not taking it seriously. We start racking up stats and our, he starts racking up stats and he starts looking good. I don't want there to be any confusion for Brian Gutenkoos. I want him to know 100% by week 17, this is not our guy. We are going into the draft looking for our guy. We have a top three, top five pick. We have ammunition to go up higher if we need to. We're going to make it happen. Sorry, Jersey Mike. Love you, buddy. You're great for the show. I hope you keep calling in, but I don't think LaFleur is a problem. I 100% believe that it is Jordan Love. All right, Ryan, love to hear, what, uh, love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, and I, I think he will get the benefit of the doubt, as he should. I mean, there's been a lot of investment in Jordan Love. There's been a lot of, um, I mean, not only do we spend the first-round pick, but we've invested all those years and, and all the coaching and all the teaching, and, and he's shown a lot of progress in certain things in certain areas. So, I mean, if he starts to turn it around even a little bit, or or even if there's a little bit of doubt from Gutekunst, um, who, granted, is not going to want to admit that he was wrong on this. I, I know that that shouldn't be a calculus. It should just be, let's do the right thing all the time. But if he has any reason to believe that Jordan is not the problem, whether it's the receivers were young or the the you know the, the play calling struggled or whatever, I think they will. I mean, it, it's possible he continues to play this way and he still gets the benefit of the doubt. I mean, that's entirely possible. Um just for those reasons and and just saying, you know, they, they may come into the thing no matter what, he gets another shot just because we need to see more than a year. Uh, that does seem to be the way the Packers operate. The only thing, I and, and I, that was my stance early on, there's almost no way, almost, I put the caveat in there that something so disastrous could happen that, that um, they could move on. The only real caveat that I could see is he continues to play this this way or worse like very consistently as in if he has like a good game or two or three i'm already looking at it going mm, i'm not so sure the other caveat is they very they're very high on an an, an available quarterback 
So if if a lot of people say that this is a two quarterback race and the rest are kind of eh, if they miss out on those two, then Jordan stays would be my assumption. And that's assuming they even really like those two. So we would probably need like a top two pick, right? Um, and if the Bears have those two picks, you can just forget about it, which I don't think is going to happen at this point. But I'm just saying, if the Bears had those two picks, they're going to probably take a quarterback with one and trade it to a team that is not the Packers uh, or just pick somebody else or whatever. But then you run the risk of the Packers getting the quarterback. So there, there's be some temptation to trade it to somebody to make sure we don't get, you know, Caleb or Drake or whoever. So, I mean, honestly, I, I think the odds are stacked against us that we will be picking a quarterback. It just seems unlikely that that Jordan continues to play this way for the entire season with no real progress or, you know, not a single quote-unquote good game. And obviously the Packers' evaluation is not exactly PFF's evaluation, but you know it's going to be somewhat similar. They're looking at the exact same film. Um, and again, I and, and who knows, they might love some of the other quarterbacks, but... Um, I do think it's more likely than not that we will not be taking a quarterback. We will probably try to build around what we have. It'll be an offensive lineman or a wide receiver, probably not. Um, and that'll be the direction. And who knows? I mean, this they, they, they may look at this as a multi-year investment. I don't know. I would doubt it because then they could have just paid him as such. They paid him in such a way to say, we'll see. But um, yeah, I, I would lean toward it's it's unlikely we end up drafting a quarterback. If we keep losing, if we have a top two pick at that point, I would say it switches the other way, and it's more likely we end up with a quarterback. Hey, Ryan, Kyle from Madison again. What's up? So I'm listening to the postmortems today, and everybody's just about um, I keep going back to what you're saying, though, about, you know, if you think – it sounds like you think that what ails the Packers really offense is Jordan Love specifically almost entirely. So No, no, not almost entirely. Um, again, it's, it's incorrect to say that I think that the only issue is Jordan Love, because it's not. Every person on this team has had issues. My thought is he is the biggest issue, and he is the most important position, and has demonstrated that, you know, he's not at this point good enough to be the guy. Can he be sure? Is he right now? No. But again, you can't argue with the Raiders game with three interceptions. That's indisputable in this last game did he make the most mistakes probably not if you just went through and tallied them but when you're the quarterback and you make mistakes it's a bigger deal right elton jenkins missed a block and a a five-yard run becomes a three-yard run is not as big of a problem as jordan love throwing the game losing interception so you know i don't know that's that's my thought and and if you try to the other thing is what what's really happening is people are pitting Jordan Love against uh, Matt Lafleur and saying Jordan Love is not to blame because Matt Lafleur is the problem, and I'm saying that's not true. That's absolutely not true, because if you have guys open and can't get the ball to them, that's on you. So that's been more my position than saying he is solely the problem of the offense. If that's true, I think it's this not. is probably his last week. I think what you do is you play him one more week. And then you're done with him. I think because you got to see if you got to put Clifford in for a couple games. Because I just I see I don't think that's a thing. I don't think anybody expects Clifford to be ready to play, right? Even if maybe there's some miracle where he could be. I don't even want to say Brock Purdy because it looks like he's falling apart. 
even if he could be the next Tom Brady where he's a late-round quarterback that's actually a miracle worker, I don't think that's going to happen in his first year. So you don't want him to live and die based on he's been in the system for like a couple months, you know. Um, throw him to the fire, give him a half a season, and if he fails, then then we get a new quarterback. I mean, unless you're just full-on tanking, but they're not going to do that. And, and, and they're not going to give up on Jordan Love this short in the season. Um, Gutekunst is never going to allow something like that. Matt LaFleur certainly is never going to do something like that. Um, I mean, I, I, I understand kind of the spirit of it, but Clifford isn't a first round pick. He's a guy that most people thought should have been undrafted because he is so far away from being an NFL caliber quarterback and needs a lot of coaching and learning and all that stuff. I think he was drafted to be a backup. And, um, so I don't, I don't really think that there is a world necessarily where we assume he's the guy. I think it's either Jordan Love or we draft somebody else. Those are the options. Um, Clifford is a backup. His his job is to hold a clipboard. And if he's ever going to be a starting quarterback, cool, but it ain't going to be this year, and it's not going to be now. If, he, if what you're saying is right, the offense should at least improve, and you can't just give a backup one game because, you know, you get the dead cat bounce. It doesn't really tell you anything. Give Clifford three, four games, not because I think he's good, but, you know, just if what you're saying is true, the offense should play better. Not that we'll win, but it should play Not better. if he's completely horrific. I mean... He he could very well be worse than Jordan Love. I mean, that's there's there's there are further depths of hell that you can go into with quarterbacks. Better if Love is the one holding things up, and then with one week to go before the trade deadline, I think if that is true and Love isn't the guy, then you've got to start dealing players because no longer are these players in our time frame. We're not gonna even if we draft a quarterback, that quarterback isn't gonna come out and be good for several years. It could be. A lot of quarterbacks came out and were good in their rookie year, and the ones that weren't were good in years two or maybe three in the case of, like, Herbert. Um, and I think, Josh, or was that year four? I don't know. I think that was year three. So, yeah, I think I think a lot of good quarterbacks were good as rookies, um, and certainly by year two. So, you know, th- this whole thing about, well, we got to trade, like, Rashawn, and we got to trade, like, come on now. We're being kind of – now we're being silly. And Jair, like, come on. No, we don't. Um, maybe Aaron Jones and Bakhtiari, which I don't even think is tradable. But, you know, I mean, it, it's really just if, if you're not the guy in the next year or two, then then you could consider it if you think you're going to get some compensation for him. And I don't think that there's a huge pile of you won't be here in two years and I can get a haul for you. I just I don't know that there's a ton of those guys around. So I would like to then, in that case, see uh, Jair dealt this next two weeks. That doesn't make sense, though. Jair's, how old is Jair? He's 26. Why in the world do you think Jair's not going to be good when he's 28? I mean, Jalen Ramsey's 29. Can you imagine if, if Jalen Ramsey, and I don't even know if he's having a good year, but it just happened to pull up here some other players. Stephon Diggs is 29. Let's do that. Can you imagine if Stephon Diggs was traded because he was 26 years old? And it was like, ah, eh, he's getting a little up there in age. And we were like two years away from being having a good quarterback and maybe having a good team, so we dealt him. And now Stephon Diggs is going to be good for the next, what, three, four years, five years? Who knows? Jair's got at least five years in him. Five more years. So this year and five more, is, he'll be 31 years old. I, I, I just don't, I don't understand. I don't understand what exactly you're talking about. I mean, that's more true if, you know, the coach and the GM are the problem. Because that's probably going to be a much bigger rebuild. Um, 
because now we got to tear down the whole team. Now we got to start looking at different schemes. We got to, first of all, if we even get the right GM, who's going to revamp what the team looks like, if we get a new head coach and he's actually good at stuff, which is probably unlikely, I would say maybe there's a 50% chance, but probably not. Um, then there's like a relearning thing. There's, 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 we got to relearn how to play. We got to new scheme, new this, new that. I mean, it's, it's, it's the same calculus. We still not going to get rid of your stars though. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand. I, I just, I don't understand that, that thought process other than just being defeatist. Well, then we should just quit and we should trade everybody and, and do what? Trade a 26 year old for a 23 year old <laughs> rookie. Who's going to what? Take two to three years by your metrics. And then he'll be 26. And by that point, he's too old, so we got to trade him, or what? I don't, I don't know what we're talking about here. Probably Kenny. Um, probably Campbell if they can get anything for him. Uh, those would be the three I'd like to see traded. In, you know, uh, I think you got to get anybody on this team that doesn't fit a four year from now plan. Then, if Love is not the guy, why does it have to be four years? I don't understand that. Why four? Where does where did the number four come from? I don't know what that means. Needs to be gone, I think. Uh, how long how long did it take Joe Burrow to to become a good quarterback? 1 year. Like his rookie year, he was good. How about Justin Herbert? He was pretty good his rookie year. How about Pat Mahomes? He was really good his rookie year. I mean, Josh Allen is like the biggest exception in the world and that was year 3. Jalen Hurts was good by year 2. Tua was year 3. I mean, Kirk Cousins, he was good as a rookie. Lamar Jackson won MVP in his second year. I mean, I don't know of anybody that is a good quarterback that took until year four. I don't know a single good quarterback. Usually it's year one or two. Either you got it or you don't. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was, actually, I think he was year one. Yeah, despite all the talk about, you know, some of his stats weren't being on top or whatever, his first year as a starter, actually playing football as the starter for the Green Bay Packers, he was good. So typically year one or year two, with a few exceptions that are year three. Uh, and if there's a benefit of doing it now, you might be able to get a, a little bit better pick in season. I think you got to make that move now because then it's over. You know what I mean? Um, and there's no, there's no point hanging on to these players if it's over. There's absolutely no point. Well, and I also didn't say it was over. I just said, as of right now, he's not the guy. Right? So let's give him till the end of the year and make an assessment. And, I mean, if you want to give him a second year, I guess you can. I don't exactly know. It's a unique situation where it's his first year as a starter, but it's year four for him as a quarterback in this system. So do you want to give him a second year? And on top of that, you know, you look at guys who broke out in years two or year three, how bad were they in the years prior to that? Usually not that. I mean, Josh Allen was average his first two years. He didn't grade out in, like, the 40s. So there's also going to be an assessment for Jordan that is, you know, okay, this wasn't like the year, but was it terrible? Was it kind of average? Was it, you know, not, you know, whatever. There needs to be further assessment. But again, I mean, I just, I, I, I think it's, we don't need to panic or be overly dramatic about it. We just you give them the year, you see how it goes, and you figure out whether you need to rebuild in a new direction. And that doesn't mean the entire team. It primarily means quarterback. And of course, you're going to look at a couple other positions, whether that's safety or center or whatever, whatever your flavor of the day thing is. Everybody has their own things that they're kind of looking at. Coach, then then you work in that direction. But, you know, I don't really see the benefit of 
just tearing things down and shipping everybody off and just starting the entire team from scratch, including guys that are not even old, just just essentially, hey, you're really good at football, let's get rid of you. I don't I don't understand that. And if you're drafting a player, you're looking at minimum three to four years before you're ready to go. No. And honestly, none of those players have been either available or very good this year at all. Um, which is the one thing that gives me pause um, about the Jordan Love theory is that he is what ails everything. Nobody's playing good. Like, there's been regression, it seems like, in my opinion. you can, I guess you can tell me the stats, you know. But it feels to me like we everybody has gotten worse it, for sure the last two years. But it just feels like no one's being developed, everyone's getting worse. That's what it feels like to me. So you tell me the actuality of that. Uh, but that's what it feels like to me. And if that's the case, there has definitely got to be some bigger issues than just this new, this young quarterback. But that's my two cents. Talk to you later. Yeah, I mean, things are pretty wonky. Um, I don't really want to go through everybody. I'm I'm sure, as I'm sure you're, you know, would be sure of it as well. It's it's not literally everybody. Um, and so, you know, and plus guys have had up and down days. I mean, some of the offensive linemen are starting to have some standout performances. I mean, Zach Tom had a pretty elite performance. Some of the other guys have got some really good pass blocking grades. So it's starting to kind of turn the corner back to them being what they've always been. Um, you know, AJ Dillon is not where he was last year or the year before, but he had a good performance. And so, yeah, I mean, a lot of guys seem to be kind of, and, and who, I mean, you know, there's, there's so many reasons why things could be happening. I, I don't exactly know. It could be a terrible coaching staff. How about this for a theory? Just, just popped into my head, so I'm just going to blurt it out. You know how everybody said the offense was going to change dramatically when he could start running his scheme instead of Aaron Rodgers' scheme, which was a hotly debated issue, but let's just put the debate to rest and just say for the sake of argument that that happened. Maybe part of the complication with some of the players is that they're kind of running a different offense than they have the last couple years under Aaron Rodgers. And there are some growing pains, not just in youth, but even for some of the veterans in running some different plays, some different scheme schematic stuff. Again, I, I, I'm not saying I know that or I think that. I'm just, I'm just thinking through like what could potentially be happening and, and why we're seeing these things. And, and the bottom line is there are ex- explanations that could lead us down a path of doom and gloom and let's burn everything down to the ground. Let's burn it with acid, right? You know? Um, or it could be just something as simple as, I don't know. I don't know. But let's just give it time. Let's breathe. Let's see how it plays out. Because, you know, I mean, this is the other thing. It wasn't very long ago we were all riding high and everything was great. And we're going to smoke the Bears and we got a chance to win the division and everything. And now everything's like, we're never going to win another game. We're so reactive as a fan base. You know what I mean? I just heard on Thursday night one of the announcers said, you know, as the as a GM, if you start thinking like a fan, soon you'll be sitting with them. And and you understand where that comes from. We're so emotional and and just, you know, we win like two games and we're back on track. Everything's great. Like Jordan is the man, and we got our guy. And and look at you know Christian and that da, 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 man. Oh, 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 those things can happen. We might be sitting at the end of the year thinking, dude, we got it. We got the coach, we got the quarterback, the offensive line looks great. Like we we could be in contention in a couple years. We just need, you know, we can get a defensive tackle to shore up this run defense, man. I think we could be Super Bowl contenders in a year or two. Things can change fast. And again, I, I know it seems like, yeah, right, that's not gonna happen. Again, look how quickly we shifted from this team looks great to this is the worst team in football. It can shift that quickly right back. 
mean, again, look how quickly we all turned on the 49ers. And look how quickly everybody shifted on the Minnesota Vikings. Things shift on a dime. All it takes is one good performance. Literally, one four-quarter performance from our offense and defense. You know, I mean, Keyshawn Nixon is, is in the doghouse. What happens if he has a return for a touchdown in this game against the Vikings again? Everything we said about him goes right out the window. And this is where the old adage, patience is a virtue, comes into play. And that's what I think we also, myself included, need to be thinking about. If we think something makes sense, however, it doesn't make sense if in one game we perform well, it's a bad plan. Like, we should just throw out Jordan Love. We should trade him. Okay, what if Jordan Love has a really good game? Are we going to think after that game that trading Jordan Love is a good idea? The answer is no. Okay, then we shouldn't do it. We shouldn't do it because it's entirely possible he has a really good game. Now, it doesn't mean he's the guy, but it, it, it just it changes the calculus on a, on a dime because immediately we're thinking, holy crap, that was good. And if he can continue that, maybe he is the guy. I don't know. We're just reacting to a lot of stuff based on like three really bad games. That's not to say anything we're saying is inaccurate, but I just think we're, we're spiraling a little bit. Anyways, let's take a final break. We'll be right back. Hey, Ryan. Um, I know you got a lot of calls, so if these topics are already hit on, feel free to just play it and skip over. Um, and also, obviously, I, I don't go back and watch every play. I don't have that kind of context. This is just how I feel after watching the games. And I, you, I think I already mentioned it once, but I've felt for the past couple weeks, you know, outside of the first two weeks, that Love is just late on every throw. Like, you know, these simple curls and stuff. He's, the ball is coming out way too late, and the receivers are getting hit as they catch it when there's a nice window that they're open if the ball is out uh, to be on time. Yeah, and I think that's that kind of stood out to me in this game more so than any other game was the timing, which, again, is something that early on, that was one of his positives. That was one of the things that was really good about Jordan was the timing. There was a lot of late footballs in this game. And this was the first week I noticed this. I mean, everything's just floating in the air. Like that deep ball... He was open, and he wasn't. It wasn't double coverage. Is the thing the safety was all the way across the field. It just floated so long to right, get there. Right, right, right. Yeah, and whoops, <laughs> snuck in there. Um, I actually mentioned that when I went back and watched the the second half. Is you know the you've got a shot at least for a fifty fifty ball if you could throw the ball, but it's probably like a sixty yard chuck, and he threw it fifty yards. Was sort of my general assessment of how that went. I mean, when you have a wide receiver hit the brakes as hard as he can, try to turn around and can't even get there, and you got a safety that's able to come from the other side of the field and intercept it probably five yards short of where the receiver even is when he tries to stop and come back for it, that is a massively underthrown ball. That also, again, hung up in the air for a very long time, which is maybe the reason it didn't travel far enough. Laser, and that safety is never going to get there. So even if it's incomplete, like it's incomplete and not picked off, and... Like, get the ball in front of the guy. Like, can we get the ball, overthrow somebody down the field? Like, we, we overthrow them when it's short, but then we underthrow it when it's deep? Like, can we overthrow somebody down the field? Because I'll take that over this underthrown bull. But regardless of that, he has people crossing, like, five yards up the field that are wide open or going out in the flat that are wide open, and he looks like your grandfather on Thanksgiving playing football. Like, he's, like, doing this little, like, he's, like, hopping with his feet and, like, lofting it over to him like it's like he's just scared to throw the ball that's the only way i could put it is he's scared to throw the ball and then the one time he wasn't 
he darts it at Dobbs, probably a little too quick, but I still think Dobbs should have caught that. Right. You could say it's a lucky play that Jane Reed got the touchdown, but I think we should have the touchdown anyway. It was a lucky play, but we should have had it anyway because Dobbs should have been able to catch that. I know it was a little behind him, but there were some defenders jumping on the stuff. Yeah, and, and again, that's that's I think that's it is on Dobbs. That is an NFL catch you need to make. But as I said in the thing, I don't think he expected a rocket ball at his back shoulder. You know, when he was open walking into the end zone. Um, and I know Jordan had to kind of change his arm angle because there's a guy in his face. But I'm just saying from Dobbs to, to, to defend Dobbs to some degree, I don't think that's necessarily what he thought was going to happen when he was walking wide open to have it launched back shoulder a little bit harder than it probably needed to be. Um, I'm not getting love, love out of the woods on that. I think he could have still made a better pass there, but it was definitely catchable, is my point. But I don't know. It's just like, I feel like when you have these wide open guys, he's not just throwing it to them. It's like he's just scared to make any pass. And I don't, that's, that's what we always said about love coming in is that like he's not that guy. Like, oh, he's unshakable. He's, well, well, guess what? He is shaken. Yeah. He and is. his confidence is, is shaken. And I think that is honestly the biggest thing. I don't think it's his ability. Right. I think he needs to somehow get his confidence back. I don't, I don't know how that happens. Um, I thought, you know, I thought the Broncos would be how you get your confidence back, uh, but apparently not. So. That was about your best opportunity right there. Certainly not going to be the Vikings because, I mean, this is a team that just blitzes all the time. So I wouldn't expect, you know, this to be a big get your swagger back game, but we'll see. And same thing with that Luke Musgrave play. It's the same type of thing where he got hurt. He's he's over there dancing around and, like, trying, like, throws this lofty ball. Right. But, like, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I don't know if you've gone back and watched, but it's like every pass he's scared. And now I've rambled on about this far too long. Uh, go Pack Go. Uh, let's buckle up for a long, long season. And, and that is, I think, a fair assessment. It feels like he's, he's not as calm and composed. You know, when he wasn't facing pressure, he was able to be real calm, real composed, stand in the pocket, make all the throws. Everything's on time. He's going through his reads. And now it's not like the pressure has gone through the roof. He is just facing a normal amount of pressure. This is what a lot of NFL quarterbacks face. In fact, again, he is still one of the lowest pressured quarterbacks in the entire NFL. I think he's the second lowest pressured quarterback in the NFL. And uh, it just seems like it's affecting him. And and you're right, his confidence is probably shaken after a couple bad performances. Um, you would think that his default would be, I need to get back to the fundamentals. I need to play a little bit more sound. And instead, what I feel like I'm seeing is him trying to be Mahomes, him trying to be a playmaker, right? All these plays where none of his feet are never set. He's running forward in the pocket when it doesn't need to be that way. You could just step up, reset your feet and throw. But he just like takes off sprinting and then jumps in the air and throws with his feet off the ground. And it's this lobbed, lofty, underthrown ball like the touchdown to Dobbs um, that didn't need to be as underthrown that very close to not being a touchdown, it was just unnecessary, right? The, the throw to Musgrave is the same thing. He sprints forward in the pocket and just throws like this jumping ball that ends up, you know, I mean, it's, it's catchable, it's a decent pass, but it's just unnecessary to do that. Just step up, reset your feet, and throw a good ball. Um, it's like, it's, it, and, and, and again, he did this in college too. Like when, when things are bad, he thinks he's like Joe Montana. Like, he just turns into, like, a superhero. Like, I'm going to do crazy stuff. It's like, no, now is the time to calm down, and and you really got to focus on fundamentals, right? Making good reads, good decisions, think fast, play fast. You know, your feet have to be, I mean, you, you have to be more precise, not less precise, not less accurate, less, more wild and crazy. 
Um, he just kind of has that like playmaker mentality where it's like, I got to do something. I got to make a play. And that's a, that's, that can be a good thing, but it just, it kind of, again, breaks down the fundamentals a little bit and just makes things harder than it needs to be. And it causes problems. Um, and, and, you know, to be completely fair, he got bailed out on, uh, on that touchdown to Dobbs. I mean, that, that should have been, according to the rules analyst, it should have been a pick. But on top of that, I mean, there's, there's no guarantee Romeo Dobbs is able to moss the guy and jump up over him and grab the ball and pull it away. I mean, that, that, that was a pick. He threw a pick in that pass, in my estimation. And it didn't need to be because Romeo Dobbs was wide open in the corner of the end zone. Plant your feet and throw it to the back corner. So it just, it does feel panic. Just relax. You're okay. You have the ability. You know how to read the defenses. You understand the offense. You know where to go with the ball. The thing that we never saw early on was a guy streaking across the middle of the field and Jordan doesn't throw it on time accurately and hitting the guy. And we're seeing that a lot now. And instead we got, you know, predetermined throws, scrambling around when you still have a clean pocket, you know, happy feet stuff. It's just, just relax. I feel like I'm saying the same thing for weeks now. Relax. Relax. And no, it's not because the line is terrible. I've been saying that since forever. You can look at the statistics. They're numbers. They tell you how many times he faced pressure. It is not an inordinate amount of time. He's fine. Just calm down. Play quarterback. You're okay. You got this. Hang in there, Jordan. Hey, Ryan, I'll be quick. Uh, this time I, just, I think I'm the only one that doesn't blame a floor. I'm with you. Like People are open, it seems. It seems like good play calling to me. It just It seems like Jordan loves. Um... And, you know, I, the best way I can equate it is uh, a good quarterback can make a bad team play okay, and a bad quarterback can make a good team play like That's what's happening right I now. missed it. Is, he's just bad. Um, and I, I mean, we, have, we had decent success running the ball. I feel like to play action, he had time. Um, and I, I'm guessing when we go back to look at the tape, there's going to be open receivers again that he's just not hitting. And even the ones he is hitting, he's late, the ball's off target. I, I, I don't blame coaching. The one thing I blame coaching for is the penalties. Um, we, we keep killing ourselves with penalties. Although there wasn't a bunch this week, they happened at the worst times, and some of them were questionable, but still, uh, penalties are continuing to kill us. Go pack them. Yeah, I mean, I think there's plenty of, of fair critiques as far as the coaching staff is concerned. Um the one I just can't get behind is is the scheme because, you know, I I can't be mad when you can very easily look at an opportunity that's not being capitalized on, right? I mean, th- there are times when you run, for example, a run play to the outside relying on a tight end to take an edge rusher. I'm not going to call, even though that's technically execution, I'm not going to call that an execution problem because that he never should have been put in that situation, right? There are other times... When, for example, you have two double teams and a guy loses, the, the double team loses and the running back gets tackled, that is not a schematic problem. That is an execution problem. Um, as far as the passing game is concerned, if, if a guy is running open across the middle and you don't throw it, right, that, that play, and I, I, I talked about it on today's podcast, the play to Christian Watson where he got hurt was one of the most egregious plays for a couple reasons. Number one, Jaden Reed is wide wide open and he's running basically the same route so there's no excuse to not see him you throw that to Jaden he is he is and that's on a like a second and 20 I think he probably picks up a first down maybe a little bit more on that play then you got Christian Watson and technically he's open fine you can throw it to him but 
as he bends around that corner, as he gets around the defender, throw it out in front of him, let him try to catch and run. He's not going to really be able to run very much because the defenders are kind of hanging over him, but it's still a completion. Instead, he throws it behind him where Christian needs to stop. And not only does he need to stop and go backwards, which is bad, but he needs to like dig down at the ground because it's at his feet. And so he's contorting his body backwards as a defender lands on him. It bends his knee. I mean, it's just... For every reason in the world, you watch that and just go, what in the F is this? I mean, how many coaches have a play for second and 20 that if it's executed, you pick up 20? I don't expect that to happen, but I have seen that consistently. That if the ball goes to the right person, there's a guy open. That shouldn't happen. There shouldn't be somebody open 20 yards down the field on second and 20. I, I just, I don't expect play callers to be able to scheme that, that open. And, and he does. Matt LaFleur does. He had it. In fact, he had two guys open. And, and Jordan could, he couldn't hit either of them. He couldn't hit the guy that was wide open. And then he threw a terrible ball to the other guy and, and ended up getting hurt because it was such a bad ball. So, you know... Again, I think that there can be critiques, um, but I just, uh, until we can see them playing up to their full potential and it's just not good enough, I just don't want to hear it. (laughs) I really don't. Um, If I get back to a game where I watch it afterwards and it's like, yeah, I don't know what Jordan was supposed to do. There's nothing to do, which is what some of the quarterback guru experts are saying like well he did everything he could that's such unbelievable bullcrap that is such unbelievable bullcrap i mean were there situations where it was tough sure were there situations where there wasn't he did the best he could with the little dump off pass sure but to pretend like there wasn't just a massive amount of opportunities sitting there and execution that could have been a lot better is such unbelievable crap hey ryan it's greg from indiana it's uh monday and um, I was uh, just thinking, listening to different podcasts reacting to the game. One of my concerns is starting to creep up is that as bad as the offense is playing, that it actually might save Joe Barry's job. Um, I just wonder if Matt gets into a position like, how can I fire this guy when this side of the ball is even worse? Um, so... I don't know if that's the case. I still think he's he's um, part of the issue on the defense. But again, when you look at all the points, uh, all the all the games that have been under twenty points, um, there's certainly more of an offensive issue than defense. I know the defense is out on the field too much and has let some some key drives uh, go into points near the end of the game, which isn't great. But uh, I just have this I don't know this concern that that's gonna the, the the poor poor offense which Matt owns is uh, is is going to give him a uh, free pass. But let me know what your thoughts are on that. Um, take care. Bye. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. It, it certainly shouldn't matter. I mean, you know, obviously you would expect the head coach to make an informed decision based on what's best for the team. And if if Joe Barry's not doing a good enough job with the defense, he needs to to go somewhere else. Um, but I, I get where you could. You could see, especially if he just doesn't want to do it, you know, you could have a situation where he thinks that this whole defensive thing can just fly under the radar and he can kind of punt on it. Um, but, I, I, I look, again, I, I, I mentioned the DVOA thing, and, and it's important because we got to remember, as much as we want to praise the defense, 
scoring is down across the entire NFL. Um, we we look at well, look at how many games are sub twenty points. That's across the league, though, right? I mean, the defense when you look at points per game ranks twenty first. The offense ranks seventeenth. How can you give up so few points and be ranked twenty first? Because every defense is keeping teams under twenty points. Offensive production is plummeted. In fact, um, Warren Sharp wrote a whole article on it. It's uh, where has all the offense gone this NFL season? He says the points per game is at 43.4 points. So you figure that's two teams. You're talking about, what, 21 points-ish per team per game? He said it's down to pre-2010 rule change levels. He says uh, odds makers have set the average point total for games at 44.1 projected points scored. That's an extremely low number. In fact, it's the lowest they've set average point total since 2011, but they recognize how neutered the game is right now. On top of that, you got to look at how bad the teams are, the offenses are we go up against. So, well, they're still keeping it under the average of 21 points, right? But we haven't faced the Chiefs and the Bills and Miami and the teams that are actually scoring, actually pumping those numbers up because the rest of the NFL, if you, if you take away the high-powered offenses that we have not faced, None of them are scoring 20 points per game. So it's a question of how good of a job is our defense doing in comparison to what other defenses are doing with these teams. And, and again, that's what DVOA answers. And they're saying he's doing a bad job. They're saying our defense is, is well below average. Whether that's points per game, DVOA, or pretty much any other metric, the defense is bad. So I understand that there was kind of a period of time where we all kind of looked at it and said, well, it's hard to argue with the points thing. But if we kind of step and, and again, this is why I always say it's not about what you're doing. It's, it's about what you're doing in comparison to the rest of the league. This is a perfect example of why just looking at things in a vacuum is a bad way to do things. The whole eye test thing. Well, look at the eye. According to the eye test, everything's great. You know, the, that, that gut feeling, right? I look at 17 or 19 points ago. That feels good, man. You got to look at the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is the defense really is not doing very well. You know, and on, on top of that, some of the biggest issues for the defense are allowing these big, long drives, right? Time per drive, they rank 27th. Plays per drive, they rank 30th. And even points per drive, when you look at Ben, don't break, they rank 21st. And I really think per drive metrics matter more anyways, because, you know, certain games, there's less plays, depending on the pace of the game, whatever. I want to know in a given opportunity, which is what a drive is. It's an opportunity to get them off the field, and it's an opportunity to make plays, whatever, whatever. How are you doing taking the ball away? Well, they rank 26th. Well, that sucks. How good are you at, at, at getting them off the field? 27th in time of possession, 30th in plays allowed. So if, if Matt LaFleur has the freaking audacity to um, pretend that the defense is playing at a high level simply by looking at points or some other nonsense metric then that is going to severely hurt my opinion of Matt LaFleur. And, and, and this is already an area of massive questions for him, which is hiring the right people for the job. Um, you know, look, if, if, the, if the defense can turn it around, great, but I don't want to hear a single thing from Matt LaFleur about the defense doing a good job. You can't talk about standards. You cannot talk to me about, you know, Green Bay Packers high expectations and Super Bowl aspirations and then tell me that the the defense is holding up its end of the bargain because then I just don't believe you anymore because again the offense right now as bad as it is compared to the league is doing better than the defense they rank better they're they're again according to pay, uh, the, the points and the DVOA are about the same 17th offense 21st ranked defense just don't feel like pulling up DVOA again but it's something like that the offense is better than the defense when you compare it to the league, they rank higher. There are more 
offenses that are worse than the Packers right now, then there are defenses worse than the Packers. That's the situation we're in. So yeah, we got to figure out this offensive thing for sure, because we're not going to win if we can't score. But the defense absolutely is not getting a pass. And if there's some kind of a misconception that this whole defensive performance can just fly under the radar and uh, Aaron Nagler's least favorite word, apparently, there's no accountability for that. As in, we just think that we can just do nothing and um, that's an adequate solution, then that's a big problem. But anyways, I appreciate all the calls. That really flew by, which I love. I love when things go fast. It means I enjoyed it. Thanks for making this enjoyable. You guys have a good rest of your night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. 